Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Give them a hand clap as they go. Thank you, gentlemen, for receiving the offering. We've been studying the supernatural power and ability of God. I've spent some time praying and studying this week in different areas. I'm going to begin to make a turn in this teaching. This this may in the next six weeks to two months turn into what I call healing school because we're going to get, we're going to begin to center in or, or focus in on one aspect of the supernatural ability of God and that's God's ability to heal supernaturally. Everybody say supernaturally. Now we did this last year. We taught a little bit on healing for a few weeks, but I feel in my spirit that uh, you know we need to press into some of these things because there is no reason why any of us need to live under the attack of the enemy when it comes to our physical bodies. We need to be free. We need to walk healed. We are the healed of God. I know there are some that may be fighting battles, others that may have a battle coming up, others may be coming out of a battle, but here's the thing. Continually exposing yourself to teaching on healing will help keep you in divine health. Let me say that again. Continually exposing yourself to teaching on healing will help keep you in divine health, and that is the will of God that you walk in divine health. Healing is not God's best. Divine health is God's best. But we thank God for healing, amen, because it may not be God's best, but it's really good. I've been sick. I've been healed. I like healed better. Amen. So we're going to begin to look at some things tonight, especially when it comes to receiving. I mean to get into that place where you go to the doctor, the doctor says it's not there no more. Where you go to the, get to the place where in your body you don't feel the symptoms anymore. The pain is gone, the symptoms are gone, and you know in your body, like the woman in Mark chapter 5 says, feeling in her body, she knew that she was healed of that plague. God wants you to know that you are healed. That word know, know literally means to experience on every level. You know it in your heart, you know it in your mind, your body tells you, the doctor has to tell you, the symptoms have to tell you, Everything about your situation says healed in Jesus' name. And that is what God wants. The good news about healing, and that is this. You are as healed as you are saved. I say you are as healed as you are saved. But see, you've got to understand that healing many times takes some work because our bodies are in a state of deterioration. I'm so thankful that one day that we'll put off this, Bible says, immortality and put on that which, uh, excuse me, we'll put off this mortality and put on that which is immortal. Amen. That we'll literally have a glorified body. I, I thank God that that's part of the redemptive plan for us. But in the meantime, we're going to press into the covenant of healing that we have in Christ. Now, one argument, one, one, let, one, let me, before I say one argument, one problem that we have many times is people are taught traditionally against healing. And many times people do not think. I mean, they just do not use their mind to observe the Word of God and to think about what the Word of God is saying. They just listen to what somebody else is saying and take it at face value instead of studying it for themselves. The greatest argument, we're not going to look there tonight. We probably will look there next week, but not tonight. But next week we'll probably look at Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, chastised by our peace was upon him by his stripes. We were healed. One of the great arguments of the denominational world against healing is in that scripture that the word healed in that scripture means we are healed from our sins. 
Now, I begin to think about that. I begin to meditate on that. You know, if you had a big old sore uh, come up on your nose and you were believing God for healing and you got healed, you wouldn't get a new nose. You, the sore would be gone, but you wouldn't get a new nose. You would be healed. God provided through redemption salvation for the sin problem. He did not heal the sin problem. Let me try that again. He did not heal the sin problem. He removed it. When you get saved, He doesn't heal your spirit. He removes the iniquitous spirit and puts in a righteous spirit. Well, that does away with that argument right there. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to try to do away with some of this religious arguments, things that you may not even know. You may think, well, I didn't even know that that was still in my spirit because you were maybe have been raised in some denomination or heard this teaching or that teaching. But we're going to remove all of that and make sure what we have is what I like the Bible calls the pure word. The pure word, amen. The word that will cause change in our bodies. The word, uh, the word that will drive out sickness. The word that will drive out disease. So many levels in which we can receive healing. There's the gifts of the Spirit. The laying on of hands. The spoken word. Uh, there's the, the prayer of faith. There's so many ways. I guarantee you we'll find one way it will get you healed and keep you healed in Jesus' name. Now, let's look in 2 Kings real quick. 2 Kings chapter 5. We know the story. I'm going to read it here a little bit. It says in verse 1, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because that by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but, everybody say but, but he was a leper. Ooh, that's bad. The Syrians had gone forth by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said unto the mistress, Would God, my Lord, were, the pro- were, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went out and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is in the land of Israel. Now, this, this maid must have had either the testimony of somebody in her family or had heard testimonies of the ministry of Elisha bringing healing to people. She would have no testimony or no knowledge of that unless something would have happened. So obviously somebody had gotten healed. Obviously somebody had gotten healed. So her testimony to this, 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 this uh, uh, mistress or this wife of this captain in Syria was, hey, you know, you, you, you brought us away captive out of Israel and out of Samaria, but, you know, back there there's a prophet, and he has a healing ministry. And if you could get over there to that prophet and get under that prophet's ministry, I guarantee you, you could get healed. Now, there's another uh, point we'll make here in just a minute, but obviously... There was an expansion or an amplification of that testimony including the fact or the reality that Elisha had used the laying on of hands to get people healed. Because we'll see in a few minutes where that is exactly what Naaman was expecting was hands to be laid on him. Now why would he have been expecting hands to be laid on him unless we kind of read between the lines and further amplify the story and say, well, obviously there was some information given about the laying on of hands because obviously Naaman expected that. Amen. So off goes Naaman. Uh, the, these other verses here, verses 5, 6, 7, talks about going the king of Israel and all his uh, different interaction with the king. The king didn't have a clue. 
But in verse 9 it says, So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now notice this. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go. Everybody say, Go. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, now here's the key. Behold, I thought. Everybody say, I thought. Now, this is one of our biggest hindrances when it comes to getting healed, and that is our thinking. Behold, I thought. Now, first of all, immediately, immediately, upon your discovery of a physical problem, and when we say a physical problem, we, we phrase it like this, the attack of the adversary against your body. I'm just going to say it honestly, and I, I, I hope uh, you'll listen to me teach enough so you will not get offended by this saying, but I'm just going to say it the way we, the way our language, our faith language says it. Nobody in Island Church has cancer. Nobody in Island Church has arthritis. Nobody in Island Church has any type of disease that you can name. I don't care what it is. Nobody in Island Church has any sickness or disease whatsoever. Now that does not mean you know what you're not being attacked by it. That doesn't mean that the enemy is not trying to bring a manifestation of it in your body, either on one level or another. But here at Island Church, we're not going to say you have it. We're not going to say you have it. We're going to say you are the healed of God. We're going to do everything you can do from the gifts of the Holy Ghost to the working of miracles to the laying of the hands to the spoken word to the prayer of faith to the anointing of oil to whatever it takes. We'll do whatever it takes. If we've got to pour a barrel of oil on you, we don't care. We'll do whatever. If you come to me and say, I need a barrel poured on, we'll, we'll find a barrel. We'll pour it on you. Amen. We'll do whatever it takes as long as it lines up with the word. But we are not going to relinquish in our language and the way we speak around here. We're not going to relinquish the ability of a disease or a malady or an infirmity of any kind to belong to anybody that belongs to Jesus Christ. So take it out of your vocabulary. It's not your, it's not your arthritis. It's not your diabetes. It's not your tumor. It's not. It's not yours. It belongs to the devil and it's going to go back to where it came from in Jesus' name. So you've got to change your thinking. So many people over the years have come up in our healing lines. First thing they say, well, what are we praying for you? Well, I, I have. That, that just starts out just like, hey, see, well, they say it without thinking. Well, think then. <laughs> they say it without thinking. Well, think then. Because have means possession. Have means possession. No, we don't have sickness and disease. We don't have the flu. We don't have arthritis. We don't have diabetes. Now, we may be, in a, we may be being attacked by it, but we're going to stand and we're going to believe God and we're going to do everything we can do to resist and believe God for healing. Amen? So, here's Naaman. Man, he does the right thing. He responds to this, this, this inspired testimony of healing in Israel this anointed prophet and the power of God in his ministry. And he takes off. And he goes, now this guy hadn't had any teaching. He hadn't sat under the Levitical law. He doesn't know anything about Jehovah God. And he goes already with a formed opinion. Let me just, this will help you in life. This is a good life principle. Don't form opinions about things you don't know anything about. If you don't know anything about it, just leave it, just leave it alone. But so many people form opinions about things they don't know anything about. 
And I guarantee you, when you do that, you've already hamstrung yourself when it comes to that subject. You've already gotten yourself in trouble. It takes information. It takes information. He only had enough information to get to Elijah. He didn't have enough information to determine how God was going to heal it. Let me try that again. He didn't have enough information to determine how God was going to heal him. So, immediately, the moment you find out that you are being attacked by the adversary, we're going to throw it all at the devil. You say why? Because Acts 10.38 talks about how Jesus of Nazareth went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everybody say oppressed of the devil. So we're going to right now, according to the Word of God, right there in Acts chapter 10, we're going to say sickness and disease is oppression of the devil against the physical body. You say, you can't say that. I don't. The Word says it. I said the Word says it. It is an oppression of the devil against the physical body. So immediately upon your discovery, whether it's something as minor as a cold, or as major as a diagnosis of a major disease, immediately you as a Christian with the Spirit of God in you to guide you, upon you to enlighten you, you begin to seek a path of healing. Seek a path. Medicine may be involved. Medicine may not be involved. Let me try that again. Medicine may be involved. Medicine may not be involved. Our problem is many times we don't see more healing, I think, is because of the option of medicine. There is nothing wrong with medicine. I'm not against doctors. The devil did not give doctors the wisdom to do what they do. But you've got to understand God is still Jehovah Rapha, the healer of the bodies of the believers. It takes a little time to step back and get your breath and get, you know, because sometimes those words that those doctors speak, they can just, they can knock the, you know, knock your feet out from under you. But you've got to step back a little bit and begin to pray and say, okay, Father, I understand and I know that I am the healed of God. I do not have what this doctor says I have. I may be be being attacked by it, but I know for me there is a path to a manifestation of healing to where even this doctor will have to declare that I am healed. So I want that path. I want to know what it is. I'm not going to, I thought, I'm not going to, I thought it myself. I'm not going to come up, come up with it myself. I'm going to find out what do you want me to do? What do you want me to That takes prayer. Everybody say prayer. It takes the study of the word. Everybody say study of the word. It takes sitting under the teaching of the word, amen. Being in a Holy Ghost environment, can I get a better amen? And it takes you, not the pastor, not the evangelist, it takes you hearing from God in your spirit and once God gives you a plan of attack, you go after it. You say, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Don't get caught up in the I thoughts. Well, I thought when Brother Joe Morris was coming, he'd call me out and lay hands. Well, I thought Pastor so-and-so when he was here, or I thought this would happen, or I thought Benny Hinn would call me out on television. Listen, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can die waiting for something like that to happen, or you can end up like Naaman. Look what happened to Naaman. He said, I thought. Before he said, I thought, the Bible says, he was wroth, which means mad, and he went away. He was wroth, he went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord God, strike his hand, lay his hands over the place, and recover the leper. 
end, he begins to criticize the word. Notice. Are not the Abarna and the Fafar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? He begins to challenge and question the word that was given him. That's what thinking and anger will do for you. And he did what? He's leaving. He's leaving Elijah's house. Here's the thing. Keep your thoughts. Keep your anger. Keep your leprosy. Keep your thoughts. Keep your anger. You might as well go ahead and say, I have, because, honey, you're laying hold of it with everything you have. Keep your thoughts. Keep your anger. Keep your diabetes. Keep your leprosy. Keep whatever it is that's eating on you. But you've got to make a decision to rise up and say, I'm not going to keep this. I'm not going to keep this. I'm going to follow the path of righteousness. I'm going to do what God says. I'm not going to get mad. Now notice what happens to him here. Are not the Abarna and the Fafar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? And then it says this, so he turned and went away in a rage. Which means he starts out mad. And then he challenges the word that was given him. And when he challenged the word that was given him, what was on the inside in anger came to the outside and he began to kick the donkey and slap the mule and, and, and throw his shield on the ground and chunk his sword at a tree. And I mean, that's what, Go study that word. It means literally acting out an extreme dimension of anger. Now that's pretty crazy. But you still got your leprosy. And he gave you such a simple word. Now notice what it says. And his servants came near and spoke unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much better then when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? Then, everybody say then. That's what you need in your life is a good then. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean. Now as I study this, look at this. One, he had an opinion. Two, he was ruled by emotion. Three, he had wrong thinking. Whoa. Four, he had another plan. He had another river, had another plan. But, but here's the three good things he did. Number one, he recognized correction. Number two, he set aside pride. Ooh-wee. Now this is the most important one here. He submitted to simple instruction. He submitted to simple instruction. So many times it's not some complicated way that God wants us, some complicated thing that God wants us to do. Sometimes we have to set us up. And I'm not talking about the type of pride that comes from us just being proud because we came out of Adam's right. I'm talking about sometimes pride in who we are as a Christian. I'm a faith person. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I tell you, I can just stand and, and I can do that and I can do... Man, I tell you, several times in my life that I've had major attacks against my body, I've cared more about feeling better than I cared about what anybody thought about me. Amen? 
There's been times I've humbled myself and gone to my pastor or gone to somebody else and said, man, pray for me. That was the, I pray, and the Lord said, go have your pastor lay hands. Other times, people uh, call me out of a crowd and lay hands. One time I had to just stand in faith and believe God, stand in faith. I would have liked to have gone to the doctor. On that one time that I had, it was a September through the January of the next year that I really suffered with some extreme symptoms in my body. I would have loved to have gone to the doctor. I would have loved to have taken some medication. I would have loved to have gotten any kind of relief because I suffered, but I got healed. But I got healed. Amen? So our thinking many times is what we have to go into or get into and we need to begin to, because here's the only, the, the thing we must realize about our thinking. You are the only one that can challenge your own thinking. I mean, I can say something to you. Roland can say something to you. Dad can say something to you. Uh, anybody could say, anybody. Your husband could say something to you. Your wife could say something. But at the end of the day, it don't amount to a hill of beans. You are the only one that can challenge your own thinking and if you're struggling in getting a manifestation of healing into your body, start with your thinking. Check up on it. Begin to say, now what am I thinking? What am I thinking here? Now wait a second, wait a second. I'm a believer. I'm as healed as I am saved. I'm not sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed of God. I'm doing my best to fight these symptoms off out of my body. I've gone a week, no manifestation. I've gone a month, no manifestation. I've gone three months, no manifestation. I go back to the doctor, he tells me it's still there. I got this option, I got that option, I got this option, I'm getting confused, I'm getting depressed. What am I going to do? Check up on your thinking. Your thinking is in gear to the point that it's dominating and controlling you. And when your thinking is controlling you, you're in trouble. Let me say that again. When your thinking is controlling you, you're in trouble. One more time. Somebody really needs to hear this. When your thinking is controlling you, you're in trouble. Your thinking will stimulate your emotions. Your thinking will stimulate, literally, your thinking will stimulate your emotions, how you feel, the decisions you make. Now, here's the thing. And the enemy is right there in your ear imparting thought after thought after thought. That's why Jesus said, take no thought. And let me tell you something. There's a difference between a bad thought and bad thinking. And what the enemy wants to do is to impart into your mind a bad thought so that you will take it and begin to enter into bad thinking. Amen? Just because a bad thought thought comes doesn't mean you have to think that way. And see, our problem is we're overstimulated by the information that flows into our lives every day via the radio station, via the internet, via the television, via the news reports, all of this information flowing, 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 coming into our mind. There comes a time when you've got to cut that off and say, I'm going to take no thought. I'm not going to enter into this thought thinking process, I'm going to live by what's going on in my spirit, man. I'm going to expose myself to the Word of God. To the Listen, that's why you got to keep the Word going. you got to keep your face in this book. you got to keep those tapes and those CDs running, running, running. you got to get those books about healing. you got to get into them. you got to stay in them. you got to seek God for your path of righteousness to that place of a manifestation of that which already belongs to you. 
Now, go to, how's my time? Oh, my goodness, got five minutes. Go to Isaiah real quick. Let's look at it. Look at Isaiah 55. Is this helping anybody tonight? Now, listen, I know that we're talking about the subject of healing. But listen, this can work in every area. I said this can work in every area. Financial, your business, your marriage, it can work in every area, every area when it, that you need to receive from God from. Now notice verse 8 of Isaiah 55. Yeah, let's go, okay, we'll just back up into verse 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return again unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher, everybody say higher. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now notice this. Right on the heels of this, he makes this statement. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Now you know what God's saying here. He's saying, I have put an automatic into the system now, come on, church, you got to get this. He's saying, I'm putting an automatic into the system. I'm putting an automatic into the system. The rain comes down from heaven. It waters the ground. The sun heats the ground. The rain comes back up out of the ground, goes back up into heaven, comes back down as rain and snow. And that process has gone on since the day God said, let there be. It's gone on, it's gone on, it's gone on, and it's produced bread for the eater and seed for the sower since the day that God spoke it into existence. It is an automatic. Everybody say automatic. I said it is an automatic. Everybody say automatic. But then he follows it by saying this, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I send it to. Now listen, he says that of himself. Do you say that about yourself? You say, what do you mean? There are some absolutes. There are some automatics in the Word of God. And let me tell you what they're called. You ready? Truth. You can't violate them. You can't stop them. I don't care how spiritual you may think you are or what kind of deal you may have with God. It will not work. You have to believe in your heart. You have to confess with your mouth, and you have to act on it. So shall my word be. Just like the automatics that I put into nature, the sun will come up in the east. It will set in the west. God spoke it 6,000 years ago or more, and it's happening every day, and it'll happen tomorrow. Now, this is the point I wanted to make with that. This is, and I don't know why this has been in my spirit so strong. If you're living right, if you're doing right, if you're walking with God, if you know that you're right with every person that you know, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say before you and God, I believe I'm at, I'm at peace with everybody that I could be at peace with. I'm walking in love toward everybody I know I can walk in love toward. 
I'm not violating. I'm not living in any kind of sin. I'm not violating the Word of God in any way. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I love my church. I love to do the will of God for my life. I'm trying to do everything I can do to find God's will and my destiny. Listen, there is no reason on this planet that you're not supposed to be healed. You say, why? It's automatic. So shall my word be. It's an automatic. I said it's an automatic. You've got to understand if it's not working, you can't blame God. You can't blame the word. You can't blame the prophet because Naaman got mad. See, he's mad at what happened. He's mad because of what he thought. He's mad because it did not go his way. And he kept his leprosy. When all he had to do was humble himself and walk up there and say, okay, show me where the Jordan River's at. Not five times, not eight times, but seven times. And exactly what the word said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall what? Accomplish. Inventory yourself. 1 Corinthians 11. Judge yourself. Least ye be judged of God. You got all kind of turmoil in your life, all kind of problems, all kind of agitation, all kind of worry. Worry will open the door for sickness and disease quicker than anything else. It will. Sin will do it. Don't be living in sin. You say, what is sin? The thing that you think may not be sin is sin. Because if you're thinking it's not sin, it is. Did you get that? You say, what? I wonder if this is sin. It is. Or else you wouldn't be wondering. Get that sin. Get it out of your life. You can live holy. You can live righteous. You're as healed as you are saved. Act as healed as you are saved. Act as saved as you are healed. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish, the word of God is what? An accomplishing force. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing. So what is the thing? Well, tonight we're talking about healing. What's the thing? We're talking about healing. It shall what? It shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. So you've got to understand, the word works. I'm believing God. I'm telling you, I've been confessing, believing God. You know, I'm just getting sicker and getting worse. And I, the word works. The word works. I said the word works. And somebody died, dying doesn't disprove the word. And somebody getting sicker doesn't disprove the word. And somebody not receiving healing doesn't disprove the word. Just because somebody doesn't get saved doesn't mean salvation doesn't work. But you're healed. And you can receive the manifestation of that which you already have. Don't fight with God. Don't fight with His instructions. Don't fight with that which is in your spirit. Just keep on pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. Begin to go ahead and fight that warfare that goes on in your mind. Forsake your thoughts. Forsake. People, oh, I thought I'd feel a whole lot better by now. You should. And could if you just get it right. Just get it right with God, whatever it is, whatever it is. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Ask God. He'll tell you. Ask If it's not working, 
If it's not one, just like if somebody came and said, you know, Pastor, I tell you, I came up there and prayed the sinner's prayer. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I still hate God and hate Jesus and hate the church. And, and I still want to do dope and kill people and do all this kind of stuff. I'd say, you didn't get saved. I'd tell them, I'd look them right in the face, say, you didn't come up here and get saved. I'd take them right back to the Word of God. Right back to the Word. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Do you want, do you want Jesus? Yeah, I want Jesus. I want, then if you, if you believe that, and if you receive that, then that change, that newness is going to happen in your spirit. You're going to be saved. You're not going to want to hate God. You're not going to want to hate Jesus. You're not going to want to hate the church. You're not going to want to hate people. You're not going to want to go out and kill people and do drugs. You're not going to want to do that. The want to may be, may, uh, the want to will be gone. The flesh may want to. The mind may think about it. But the real want to or desire of it is gone. Is gone to everyone that receives. Same thing's true with healing. You're healed. As healed as you are saved. Say, I need that doctor's report. I need for them to look into my body and tell them that that diabetes is gone, that that, that, that arthritis is no longer. I need the pain to go. Good. Then begin to check up on your thoughts. What's under the hood of your head? Just lift it up and check on it. Just like the motor of a car. It's amazing to me. And I'll close with this. My time's up. Jesus died in a place called Golgotha. That's the aromatic, ar aromatic. Uh, uh, say it again. Aramaic, aromatic. That's a, aromatic, aromatic. True translation is the place of the skull. Isn't it amazing that the cross went into where? The place of the skull. Where was man so messed up after the fall? In his mind. His mind was twisted. His mind was torn to pieces. His mind was just, just alienated from God. The Bible still states even of the new creature, even of the new creature, the Bible states, his carnal mind is at enmity with God, is an enemy of God. You've got to understand that about your mind. Your mind is an enemy of God. But you are the real you, the spirit man. You are a child of God. You're not an enemy. So you've got to, from that standpoint of being a child of God, you've got to go into that mind and say, now listen, you're not stealing my healing. You're not stealing my prosperity. You're not destroying my marriage. I'm not going to let some stinking thinking cause me to have to suffer with all these symptoms and end up on, uh, in all this treatment. I am the healed of God, and it will manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Lift your hands and tell him you love him tonight. Father, we just love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. One of the second or third revivals I ever preached, friend. I've told this story here several times, but I, I like it. It's a good story. It's true. It happened. Lady came to us after the service. Uh, lady looked to be maybe late 70s, early 80s. An elderly lady. And that night, actually, that would, that would have been the one, two, three, fourth service of just teaching on faith out of Mark chapter 5. Just teaching on faith, teaching on faith, teaching on confession, teaching on faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So she came. She, she lingered after the service, and, and, and Randy and I were the last two out of the building. As we left the building, she said, I just wanted to tell you, I just wanted to tell you that while you were teaching, I came in literally blinded with cataracts. She said, both of them fell off my eyes just like that, and I can see perfectly now. Well, she came back. We let her come back the next night and tell the testimony. She could see perfectly. Just see, no, Hands were never laid on her. Nobody ever just spoke something. Nope, she just heard and said, that's mine. I, I'm the healed of God. Cataracts fell right off her eyes. Well, listen, remember, receive simple instruction. Just receive it. That's all you have to do. 
and it's yours in Jesus' name. Stand on your feet, Father. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.